sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh. Little mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hear them vocals. This what the people need and what they want now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. Yeah. Yeah. Turn up. Back up in here. Twice in the same week. Gotta know we coming hard, man. You know, this is my, my second flu game. So I'm going hard to the paint. You know, I'm finna put up 36 on them. So, but... Not saying no Michael Jordan, but I guess my better half on the podcast, the homie Slim, joining me via Google Hangouts. What's happening, homie? What's happening? What's happening, people? What y'all doing today, man? You know me. I'm on these sports. Let's get it, man. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Back once again on the Rundown Sports Podcast. You can find us, the rundownsports.wordpress.com, at the Rundown Sports on Twitter. You can find me at CL, the main event on Twitter. And uh, shit, Easy, what, Easy's Life on Twitter? Oh, man, you can Easy's Life me everywhere, man. Easy's Life me at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Easy's Life me, you can just Google me and find out about me. It's Easy's Life, a whole new way of living. You know Gotta what I'm saying? Know that. Gotta know that, bro. And uh, subscribe on iTunes, man. I, I, I really need y'all to show me that because I'm trying to prove a point. And if y'all help me prove this point, we're going to do something real big. Trust me. Now, since I didn't have you on earlier this week, and you probably didn't get a chance to listen to the last episode, but I had Jazz on, and I had the homie Mobes on, and uh, we chopped it up about the games. We really got in-depth about Richard Sherman and all that. So uh, let's just start off by letting you give your takeaways on those games. Man. Well, first, the San Francisco and Seattle game was a great game. It was a great game. But the end of the game disgusts me. Hold on. Do you think it was game of the year? Oh, it had to be game of the year. Just because of the... Okay. No, it's because so of what I'm game it was. I'm not it was crazy. the It was the game of the year. Whoever thought it wasn't the game of the year, I mean, come on, they're crazy. We're going to have to get Jazz in on the podcast. It's the, it's the NFC Championship. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not even gonna get I'm not even gonna get into all that. It was a great game. Uh-huh. And I it dis- I love the way it ended, but it just disgusted me how people are treating and talking bad about this man, Richard Sherman. He's a thug. Is let me ask you this question. And I I wanna know, you know what I'm saying? Is it because he was he's from Compton? Mm. Is that is that the that's the only thing that I see that why they want to call him a thug, which is stereotypical. Because this man talks trash 16, 16 games a year. Every game he talks trash, he's going hard talking trash. That's what he does. And right, I think that's part of the game. 
I think it's irking people that he talks so much trash and that he can back it up. He talks so much trash and then he's the one to send his team to the Super Bowl. And they they can't stand it. Let me ask you this question. All right. Did, when Bart Scott had the can't wait speech, did they talk about him the next day talking about he's a thug? I don't think no, so. No, but... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, got, I got some more. When Steve Smith went on the air talking about some, if you come across me again, I'm going to punch him in the mouth. Did, he, did they say Steve Smith was a thug? No. When Corbin Finnegan and Andre Johnson got to fighting in the middle of the game, mm-hmm. did, they, did they say that these guys were thugs? No. But Richard Sherman does nothing but go out there and play good, superb defense, just straight out good football. And he talks trash after the game and he's perceived as a thug. Like he said earlier, he was watching the hockey game and at the beginning of the hockey game, bro, they they dropped the puck and two guys dropped their gloves at the same time. Like, and, started fight, and started ready fighting and started fighting. Did they get perceived as thugs? Nah. He didn't he didn't throw no blows. He did he went out there and did his job and he talks trash and he's the fifth round pick from Stanford that talks all this trash. Who talks the most trash in the league? But guess what he does on Sunday, bro? He shows up. He shows up every Sunday. Every Sunday, bro. And it's it just sick. It sickens me, bro. It's it, it just sickens me that they, they wanna I don't know, like you said, he already had to deal with it because he's from Compton and he ended up going to Stanford. So he already had the label of, oh, you know, he's probably going down to Stanford hallways. Everybody moving out of his way like, oh. Hey, your boy yeah, Jamie he, Duke said he need to cut his hair. For what? I don't know. He said he need to cut his hair and RG3 need to cut his hair. Okay, so what about Jamal Charles? I guess they're running backs. It don't matter. I, I, I guess he probably feel the same way about them. But... I don't know. I don't, I don't feel the same way he do about that, especially not Richard Sherman because Richard Sherman plays corner. That's his skill position that gets a lot of light. And one thing that they talk about when you're doing marketing because, you know, I did go to marketing, you know, school for marketing and stuff. So you look at football, it's with, it's a game where you got a helmet on and nobody really knows what you look like unless you're on the sideline. When you're making plays, the highlights and everything, they don't really show your face. And having locks is something that people can identify, oh, that's Richard Sherman off mm-hmm. rip. So if it's part of his brand, I really think he should keep the locks. But, you know, eventually he'll probably change over. He might cut them when he get older. You know, things happen, things change, people go through stuff. But that's not even the point. But the point you're making is true. <laughs> There's no reason why they should be perceiving him as a thug. And I think he said it best himself. What was that, today? When they said that the thug is the new PC word for the N-word. You yeah. agree with that? I mean, I, I feel like... I feel like, yeah. Because, especially with the way that they're, they're talking about Richard Sherman right now, you can really see that... I think people used to say the word thug as a way a person was acting. You know what I'm saying? But now, like you said, when you think of a thug, you don't think of a way a person is acting. You automatically think of a, of a, a, a black person. Mm-hmm. A, a, a hoodlum. You know what I'm saying? And once again, that's not right because any race 
anybody, you know what I'm saying, can be a thug, can be thuggish, do thug type things. Right. But like he said, it's it's like putting they basically put a face on the word thug. And them putting a face on the word thug is a picture of a black man. Or black anybody black. Man. Now I'm gonna say this on that and well, before I do, you got anything you want to say about the AFC Championship game? Man. Really want too much to talk Man. about there. It was, I mean, I'm going to put it like this. You might want to get into it more depth later on, you know what I'm saying? But as you go back and you look at the whole, the Patriots scheduling, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the division they're in, the games they won. I mean, you can't take nothing from them. It's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. But it sort of seems like their role was kind of like, I don't want to say the word given, but let's just put it like, if it wasn't for them like being had being in that division like that, that like it is, and them getting that bye, let's put it like this, bro. I think I think the Patriots will waste the playoff spot. I don't think so. Like I, I, I feel I, like I, they could beat almost any team in the AFC. Except maybe the Denver Broncos, but other than that, I don't feel I don't, like I don't. I don't see that though, bro. So you think that the Chargers could beat them? Yeah, I give I them think, a shot. I, I give them a shot. I take that back. I give them a shot. I probably give Kansas City a shot because I actually picked them to beat the Patriots. But for the most part, I say they can beat up most of the AFC, and you gotta have them in the mix because. If they was healthy at the right time, it, it looks like a different squad, you know. Because coming into the year, you got to remember, they was banking on Aaron Hernandez and Gronk. But one's in jail, one's injured. I mean, so, I, I mean, I, I, everything I, I, that you built your offense on is unavailable. I, can, I mean, I can give them that, you know what I'm saying? They, they were on injuries, but I just feel like... I, I just, I just feel like I, I didn't pick them to win. Like people I was expecting them to win. I was nervous because Tom people Brady expected is Tom a good Brady. game. People expected a good game, and I didn't expect a good game. Hey, man, like I was on that ball. That's really what it came down to. He didn't let him get on the field. It's just I don't know, but we can move on from that. We can move on from that. Yeah, but I really just had wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, this it wasn't to me. It wasn't a good game at all. I'd rather rather seen a way better AFC Championship. Yeah. Now, before we move completely on, it's from NFL, and we're gonna get into some NBA. Jazz was on the last podcast, and he brought up a similar point to what you said late last year, which was you would have kept Alex Smith. Instead of going with Colin Kaepernick. Now, I kind of was feeling you on that because at the time Kaepernick was struggling and it really wasn't looking good for him. But I mean, toward the end of the year, he really started picking it up. And especially, you know, when Crabtree got back, everything started to click a little bit more. Now, he was saying that they're basically the same quarterback because the numbers are pretty much identical 
But I just said the difference in the two is that with Colin Kaepernick, the upside is just so much greater. If you're going to take a chance and go to the championship, do you want safe and uh, maybe we can do it? Or we got a range where if everything clicks, we can beat everybody. And then if it doesn't click at that level, just the level below it, we can beat probably mostly everybody. Hmm. Which side are you taking on that? And then I want to get into your your bridesmaids theories. Well, I look at it like as far as passing the ball, you know what I'm saying? They they're pretty much they were the same player. You know what I'm saying? This year, in the year, you know when Alex Smith took them all the way to the NFC Championship, right. they're pretty much the same player. Now. As far as Kaepernick goes, I feel like Kaepernick. I mean, how can I how can I word this? A lot of Kaepernick's opportunities do come from the upside of where he can get out the pocket and he can take off. Okay, so if you take away him taking off, I don't like him as much in the pocket as Alex Smith. He see he doesn't seem to make the smart throws that Alex Smith was making. And I saw I told somebody else this, um, like I had told you earlier. If that was Alex Smith in the NFC Championship, there's no way Alex Smith would have tossed that ball up to the back of the end zone with Richard Sherman right on Crabtree. Yeah, he's probably a little smarter than that as far as being in the pocket. And you know what? That's, that's what we said earlier in the season. And one thing was going to let San Francisco down. It was going to be Colin Kaepernick's pocket presence. Yes, and I was a firm believer on that, and you are too. And also with Alex Smith, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole bunch of what else right now. But if Alex Smith was still with the 49ers, I see that being another Super Bowl berth with the last drive down the field. Who knows, man? We now, but we're not we're not gonna get all to that. I'm like, that's more of a Just... conspiracy, not conspiracy, but <laughs> you know, theories overall. Uh, but yeah, so alright, let's get into a little easy's life corner. You know, you came to me with this comparison and I kinda critiqued it a little bit. I didn't actually put it in the notes, but you were saying that you're feel you feel like the 49ers are going to be the new Buffalo Bills as far as being bridesmaids to champions. Yes. I mean right now they're you know what I'm saying? They're the bridesmaids, bridesmaids. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because they keep getting to the NFC Championship. But even getting to the NFC Championship three years in a row is a tough task. Okay. Okay. Now, and, when you say that, now you're you're referring to the Buffalo Bills from 90 to 93. Yes. You know, I was pretty much an infant. I don't really remember too much of them years. But uh, you see the highlights, and you just know that's something can't nobody shake. But uh, – continue because I I feel like they're more comparable to another team because of what you just said though now I just feel like with their quarterback play and I mean they all they're gonna have a superb defense you know what I'm saying uh-huh they're gonna have a superb defense for the next for a few years but if their quarterback play doesn't step up like they was 
you know, they almost missed the playoff this year. You know, like if they if they want to won against the Falcons, like if they would have lost against the Falcons, they'd have been looking tough on on week seventeen when they, when the Cardinals went out to play. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But that's that's a, that's some more theory, you know, what if type stuff. But at the same time, if their quarterback play doesn't step up, I don't see them being able to take that the Super Bowl. Even mm. if they get to the Super Bowl again with these AFC quarterbacks, I don't see them being able to do it. Because AFC seems to have the quarterbacks that's still the old-fashioned type of quarterback. You know what I'm saying? The yeah, Peyton Manning, the Tom Brady. How many years have you really got left of them teams being like that? And on top of that, who's to say that the new versions of the quarterbacks is not really going to take off? Because I mean, I'm not... one thing that you do notice is the AFC don't really have a lot of those quarterbacks. And that's because nobody has positioned themselves to be like that. But things could change soon. Yeah, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like the AFC is even shaping itself to change like that. When I see when I see the next the few next quarterbacks to come up, I'm looking at the Andrew Luck, the Ryan Tannehill, the Andy Dalton. You know what I'm saying? If he can get over his little playoff hump. Yeah, but Those, they're, the, they're like the new. They're like the the 2.0s of what you got right now, though. They're that's what I'm saying. In like the mode that's of what, like Aaron Rodgers. Then you still Peyton Manning and uh Tom Brady. Like the Tom Brady names is is dying out. Like Phillip Rivers is dying out and he don't even know it. Okay, so how do you well, I mean he he, he 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 did better this year, don't get me wrong, but that style of play is finna be old and he gonna be one of the last ones left in the AFC in a minute playing like that. I'm telling you. So how do you feel about Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck Ryan. is He's got Aaron Rodgers' feet. Okay, what about Ryan Tannehill? He used to play receiver. And what about Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton's future is in question already. Whoa, whoa. Already. Oh, and you know what? That's a whole other subject, and we can get into that another another I'm time. Like, we got all that season is, to talk about them bad that, that is totally un. Fair what Andy Dalton is going through right now. Cincinnati. It's not unfair because it is unfair. Look at the Joe Flacco's and the Matt Ryan's who had three years to hold their team and with no question they make it to the playoff. Matt Ryan and I'm a Falcons fan, bro. And Matt Ryan didn't win a playoff game for how long? But Andy Dalton then took his team to the playoffs what three years in a row. And now he they talking about something. We don't know if Andy Dalton's the guy. What you mean? Well, he this guy shows glimpses of greatness all the time. He does, but it's and like when, when he's bad, he's really bad. Like I mean, that's something he has to fix. Michael but Jackson I don't. Bad. <laughs> that's, that's something he has to fix. But I don't feel like these guys should be talking about is he the our quarterback? I don't. I don't, I don't know how. How hell yeah, fucking right. Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. he's your quarterback. Okay, because I'm, like I'm, he I'm has to be your quarterback. Bro, let, let's let's move on because we. We we running a little long. We still got a lot to get to. Uh, next, you were saying now. Okay, damn, we still got to stick <laughs> on this because I feel you're wrong on the Buffalo Bills. I feel like the 49ers are more comparable to the Philadelphia Eagles. Who when they had Donovan McNabb and Brian Dawkins, and they went the four straight NFC championships. And they only went to the Super Bowl on that last one. Okay, now, okay. I think that San Francisco got their Super Bowl early, and 
Colin Kaepernick might get the Dan Marino treatment where he goes one time early and might not never make it back. But, you know, it's just more, we just got to keep watching it because this the, what, the third year? Uh-huh. And they had NFC championships every time Jim Harbaugh has been there. So whatever it is that he's doing, their run is in in full force right now. Now, one that's more accurate that you said to me is the one about the Pacers. Oh, yeah, that's sad. That's not accurate. I just feel sorry for people. I just feel sorry for them. Why do you feel sorry for the Pacers, bro? I feel sorry for the Pacers, just like I feel sorry for Reggie Miller, you know, Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone. Like, all those guys were victim of Michael Jordan. They couldn't get their championship ring because of Michael Jordan. And I feel like the Indiana Pacers are going to do the same thing. Right now, they're the best team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They have they, they play the best defense in the NBA. This but I feel true. like when, when I when it gets down to crunch time, LeBron and the Miami Heat are going to do it again. I feel I, I see a three-peat. You know what I'm saying? They're not playing the best basketball right now. You know what I'm saying? They're pacing themselves. They're, they're pacing. Getting, you know like, what I'm saying? I don't care what LeBron says. They're not trying to get fatigued. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Boy, Dwayne Wade is not playing. He's this is bags nothing. He's he, he been out four games straight. Game here, game there. He's spot dating. That that knee gonna be nice and fresh during the playoffs, though. You know what I'm saying? And so he, and he and he probably not even gonna play most of the first round because you know the first seven. round they gonna get somebody that can stomp, and then the second round. They probably gonna play two games, look at how it go, and if it's not somebody they can just stomp, then they might bring them back for a couple games. But he's not going to be playing every game in the series until Eastern Conference Finals when they have to play the Hibbert, like you said, with Indy, Indiana. But a couple things that I think is underrated with Indiana is one. The boy Frank Vogel is a great coach, and I and I can't even say that's underrated because everybody's really taking notice. But the things that he gets out of his players, like Lance Stevenson, says a lot about him, and you can tell that it's coming from Larry. Bur- you know, it's all of that that environment that's you know encultured into the Indiana Pacers, and. Jalen Rose was on those patients that you were talking about. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's a dead-on comparison because right now they are the bridesmaids. Like, they're like me in the fantasy football cush league that we in where I just keep getting left right at the end. And I'm not – I don't even want to talk about that. But <laughs> anyway. I mean, I just – but, you know what I'm saying? But, they're going to they're do it again. You know what I'm saying? But, I feel like the other thing about Indiana, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to get into something else. I don't think people are really noticing how much that Luis Scola acquiring is going to really help them in the long run. Like, that dude is damn near seven foot and can shoot 15-foot jumpers. That's an asset because when David West is healthy, he's coming off the bench. And if David West isn't healthy, he's a starter because he started last year for the Rockets. So, obviously, he's good enough to be a starter. But if you add him to a team like Indiana where he doesn't have to start coming off the bench, keeping him fresh, giving you 
you know, real good, meaningful minutes. Because I don't know if you play any fantasy basketball, but I played last year, and dude was getting pretty much a double-double a night. And that's something good coming off your bench, somebody who's even capable of doing that, whether it be in spot minutes or in the starting lineup. So look at that closely going forward, how much Luis Scola really gets into it come toward playoff time because I think that's when they really going to try to get him real involved in the game. Now, a couple things that we had talked about and we were supposed to do on the Google Hangout version of the rundown, but it's all good. We're going to keep beta testing that. Um, The uh, NFL coaching hires, and there's just a few things I want to say about that, and then we're going to get on to the out section of gotta know that Mike Zimmer gets hired by the Vikings former defensive coordinator of the Bengals the Bengals yeah my bad I'm totally just drawing blank for some reason Uh, Jay Gruden goes to the Redskins coordinator for the Bengals Ken Wizard from San Diego goes to the Titans Jim Caldwell went to the Lions. And Mike Petney, this just in not too long ago, going to the Browns. Now, I seen the Mike Zimmer coming. He almost became a star in hard knocks this year because everybody just fell in love with the Bengals and was drinking the Bengal juice. And pretty much you knew Jay Gruden was going to be able to build his resume up to the point where he would get a good job just based on his last name. So I knew that was coming eventually when I heard that he was doing that and he was having some success. Um, the At first, the Jim Caldwell for the Lions really worried me because I wasn't the most confident in his skills as a head coach because he did go to a Super Bowl on Peyton Manning's back. I'm just going to say it. But... I see that he hired some coordinators that come from pretty good pedigrees as far as where they were coaching previous. He took the secondary coach from the Ravens, who had been there for a while, uh, Terrell Austin, and then he took the quarterback's coach from the Saints, Tom Lombardi. Two pretty good, you know, examples of, you know, sides of the balls that excel in excellence. You know, the Baltimore is known for their defense and the Saints known for their offense. And you plug the, uh, the you know, assistant coaches from out of those systems to bring what you have. The only thing that worries me is Terrell Austin wanting to turn the Lions into a 4-3. I mean, into a 3-4 in like some multiple sets, which would be weird because they are built so much in their front four and they don't blitz a lot. So I'm real interested to see what he does with the defense because he runs a defense where you're always rushing your outside linebackers. That's going to be very interesting to look at. Well, I like the Ter- Terry Austin, you know what I'm saying, turning the Lions to a 3-4. Especially if they plan on having install come off the edge. You they're know what not. I'm they they said they're trying. They're keeping the four three, but 
you know there's going to be some three four looks i'm curious to see what that looks like though yeah i think i think it won't be bad you know what i'm saying i like the um and i also like king wisdomhood going to the titans like people was raising the eyebrows because he had a chance to go to detroit first i heard he had some like hometown connections down there yeah you know and, and i like wife in I, georgia I, or something like that <laughs> i just feel like him going to the titans he's going to be able to build a franchise you know what i'm saying i think he says he wants to keep his you know i'm um, jay locker so he already has his quarterback that he thinks can be his future right now with a um with chris johnson so they're saying chris johnson probably not coming back next year cj2k gotta come back it's not coming back next year so we're okay. Well, that's something for a whole other podcast. So yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm watching that. When I heard that, I was like, really? I know that cap number be big, but I think CJ would would renegotiate. But if he don't, that's going to be very interesting to see what move he makes and what team he goes to. Because I know a couple of teams he'd be good on. I already know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it. Gotta know that. But uh, like you said, we, we, that's that's some off-season podcast talk we're gonna have to bring up. But yeah, I believe Kenzie King Wisenhut, like he went to the Titans so he can have the control in the front office. And Detroit had this has this cap issue thing going on with Calvin Johnson suing Matthew Stafford. So I believe I believe Ken Wisenhut was a good sign. And I'm gonna let you talk about the Browns coach because I don't feel like the Browns need to be talked about right now. I just I thought it was interesting of the steps that they took before they actually had a coach by putting out an open letter to the fans saying, hey, there's still four teams playing. You know, there's some of the best coordinators out there, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay. And then you hired a guy from the Bills, and they're not playing in the playoffs. So Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, their whole coaching search was like searching for a nanny when you got badass kids. You know what I'm saying? Like you keep interviewing, and and, and why do I? You're, you're interviewing them. They're looking behind oh. you at your, at your badass kids. And in this instance, it's the the sorry Browns and what they have to build on and everything else. And they're like, uh, yeah, okay, I give you a call back. You know what I'm saying? Don't call me. <laughs> I'll call you. And they don't ever call. So we'll see how this goes. You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to figure out what happened between the whole Rob suggestion, whatever his name is, but. We'll see. It's like another Brown yeah, that, movie. That whole situation from, you know, the one-and-done coach to, like you said, Mike Munchak really not wanting to do that. But I think that's more of his personality because he was the offensive line coach in Tennessee for so long. You know, it was just – I think he wanted that stability, but I think it might be the Browns too. And truth be told – I think Adam Gates might have looked in the mirror and said, I'm not ready to be a head coach. And said, I'm just going to stick around here and learn some more things from Peyton Manning. And then I'll transition into being a coach, a head coach. So I'm, I'm going to watch that. If, if another job comes open next year, which will probably happen that he really likes, then he might do it. But I think he's trying to stick around Peyton Manning as much as possible. And who could blame him? Mm-hmm. They even looked at Dirt Cutter. Yeah. Didn't yeah. see what that I was. Mean, that's, that's, that wouldn't have been a bad move, but, you know, they got who they got. We're going to see what they got. 
I think we're gonna do something in the off season and try to break down like each team every week and try to get like one fan from each team to come in with us and uh you know have a little discussion. I think that might be cool. Alright. So uh I feel we're gonna go out with a bang on this one. You gotta know that the rehash last time we did it, we kinda freestyled it. As you can see, when you get two rappers on the podcast to freestyle something on any topic, pretty much, we can handle it. But uh, we're going to come at y'all a little better this time, tell you how we turn up. So uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Well, you can go ahead and knock them out, man. Got to know that, show. Got to know it, bro. All right, man. A lot of things in the NBA. I'm going to tell the people what they got to know. First off, got to know Tyson Chandler trying to get Mike Wilson fired. Talking about we just got out schemed tonight. For real, dog? You can't they, say that. What they got to know? <laughs> got to know Chris Bosh <laughs> been going in and holding it down for the heat. Last mm-hmm. six games. Let me pull it up. Dude been going off because everybody likes to talk about the big three, talk about LeBron, talk about D-Wade. Got to know D-Wade need to take that trip to Germany like Kobe and get his knee right. But got to know Chris Bosh then went for 31 on the Lakers tonight. Had 16 last game, but still shot 70%. 21, 25, 25, 26. Going in, bruh. You can't deny that the most steady piece besides LeBron on the Heat is Chris Bosh. Gotta know that. Tell them what they gotta know. Gotta know Kobe Bryant ain't got no business on the All-Star team. Got to know that. Gotta know that the NBA All-Star voting is a complete joke. No Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Got to know that. Gotta know that, bruh. I don't even want to go no more, bro. <laughs> that shit pissed me off so bad. I'm like, what? But then again, it's so many votes. It's a global thing. And people just know the names. And they just not even watching and just voting. Got to know that. Got to know got, that, bro. Got to know. Let me, you, let me tell you something about the NBA that you got to know, man. What they got to know, Slow? You got to know that the Brooklyn Nets are whipping in the shape. Oh, they whipping it in the shape fast. And the way this Eastern Conference is looking, it's only going to take about two or three more games, and you're going to see the Brooklyn Nets right in third place. Yes, they're going to do it. They're going to top my Atlanta Hawks, and you got to know and be upset. You got to know the Brooklyn Nets are on their way. Again, you got to know Atlanta beating Miami needs for everybody to open their eyes. You, they, you have to open your eyes. You got to know that when it comes playoff time, uh-huh. Atlanta's not going to be a pushover. Hold on now. If Al Horford can get back in time enough for the playoffs, you've got to know that Atlanta's going to push either Indiana or Miami in that second round. Not saying that they're going to beat them. you got to know that. you <laughs> got to know that, bro. But you, know that. but you got to know that it can go to a, a, a game six. And you got to know. If they go against Miami, they're going to have to put Dwayne Wade ass in because you got to know that Atlanta Hawks got a team to beat them like you've seen. 
And they went, just like you got to know, they went down to Miami and had them beat and let gotta them know. That. Gotta you know gotta that. Know, you got to know that. And you also got to know. Tell them what they got to know, Slim. You also got to know. Because everybody keeps talking this Miami and this Indiana, this Miami and this Indiana, Miami and Indiana. You got to know that even though the Knicks are looking bad right now, oh, even, no. though, even though Brooklyn is not playing at their ability, if the Knicks slip in at an AC, a 7 seed, if, if the Brooklyn, since the Eastern Conference is so tight between the three and the, um, I believe I've seen the three and the six seed right now, mm-hmm. it's like a, a game, game and a half. If Brooklyn decides to fall to a seven or eight seed just because they down a game and a half, you got to know this first round of the NBA playoffs Eastern Conference might come with an upset. Mm. We you might see one of these teams that you, that you just know is going to be in the Eastern Conference. You got to know. know. You got to know they might go home. Got to know that Eastern Conference is hell, though. Yo, you got to know the Eastern Conference is hell. Got to know that the Washington Wizards in the playoffs right now, bro. You got to. That's that's a couple teams that you you know you got to know that's this. Got to know that, bro. They're not going to make it too far. You know what I'm saying? They're here now. I I give them their props, but like when you say upset, that's what it made me think of. Like if the Washington Wizards was playing the New York Knicks. And for some reason, Washington had a higher seed. Got to know that the Knicks probably beat their ass in seven games, though. Because, <laughs> like, got to know that Carmelo would shoot them out of their series over John Wall. You know, you got to know how sorry the – look, let me tell you this, bro. The Eastern Conference is so sorry that the number three Atlanta Hawks is 22-19 would be a number nine seed right down the Western Conference. You got mm-hmm. to know that, bro. You've got to know that. The Eastern yeah, Conference is really man. weak right now. And that's why it's so easy to say Miami, you know, Miami ain't any in the Eastern Conference. But you got to know that if the Knicks or Brooklyn slip into that 7 to 8 seed, it might be an upset in the Eastern Conference. Got to know that, bro. All right, man. This one we're going to have to put the rest. I went hard as I could. Put in a hard 38 minutes on the court. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm finna go drink me some Gatorade on the sideline. Put a towel on my head. And uh, let y'all close out the game because we up 100 points to zero. Gotta know we winning every day. We winning, sure. But uh, as always, y'all subscribe on iTunes, therundownsports.wordpress.com. I'm actually at the main event on Twitter. That's Easy's Life on Twitter. Easy. E-A-Z-Y-S-L-I-F-E. Catch me easy life everywhere. Gotta know that. And uh y'all just keep on checking back. It's the rundown. We catch y'all next week. I'm trying to do one with the homie that I met on Twitter. Talk about this Kevin Durant thing, bro. I want you in on that one because I know we didn't get to it this podcast, but when I get him on, because he writing about the thunder every day, we're gonna talk about that because we go all day. Cause uh I'm gonna talk to you about something else. You might have a court there. Y'all know that, man. Y'all too. Peace. I gotta cut this cash, man.